following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Outsider Show episode no number because this is just a mini episode. This is just me rambling like I'm doing right now. I am not here with the old man Leo. I'm not here with Sammy Suplex. I'm by myself. That means today's episode is Solo Jones Dose. Yes, number two. Number two, people. We all live busy lives, obviously. Sam is still on hiatus. We don't know when he's going to come back. Leo, he's a busy guy. He's a family man. He's a delivery guy. He has uh, his hand all over the place. He's involved with so many things, whether it's his podcast world or producing for other shows. You know, he's a husband. He's a dad. He's an old man. He's involved in so many things. While me, on the other hand, yes, I do have a Monday to Friday, sometimes Saturday job. But I don't really necessarily have responsibilities like a normal adult. I don't have children. I don't have kids. Yes, I do have many bills that I get taken care of. Yes, I have a mortgage that I have to pay. But the only thing that I have to depend on, well, that depends on me, if you will, is a French bulldog. And I don't really have much of a social life nowadays due to COVID. You know, this coronavirus is killing everything, but I digress. Nonetheless, this is the Lucha Outsider Show. While I am Solo Jones here, I do want to talk to some wrestling with you guys. You know, just record something. I don't know how long this episode is going to be. It might be 45 minutes. It might be an hour. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the show flows. It's kind of weird doing a show by yourself because you normally, like, have someone to depend on, you know, to kind of have a back and forth with, whether it's some of our jocularity or some of uh, the shenanigans that we talk about. I would be remiss if I didn't say rest in peace to road warrior animal this came to surprise to the wrestling world shock sad he was young he was only 60 you know it's a shame we we lost another legend you know little by little as the years pass by we're starting to notice that you know people around my age maybe a little bit older maybe a little bit younger a lot of our childhood heroes are no longer with us and man that's so sad as a wrestling fan, it sucks, you know, seeing Road Warrior Animal pass away. You know, you could try to put some light to to this unfortunate event and say, hey, at least he's reunited with his partner, Hawk, wherever they are. But it, it just sucks. I know he just recently celebrated a birthday, and the day before he passed, he was celebrating an anniversary with his wife. Uh, he had kids. He had grandkids. It's definitely an unfortunate situation, a tremendous loss to the wrestling world. So I send my thoughts and condolences to the Road Warrior Animal family. And it's just a it's a sad time right now to be a wrestling fan. Alright guys, let's get into some shenanigans and some jocularity. Let's talk about this shit show of retribution. Jesus Christ. You know, from from the beginning of this whole gimmick, stable, storyline, whatever you want to call it, it was just a shit show, you know. With them kind of playing Wink to Ananata, Antifa, it was just very cringeworthy, you know. Um, so that was like already a red flag in my book. But I'm like, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll, they'll kind of change their gimmick a little bit and... 
we'll start seeing some, you know, progression in this storyline, whatever they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, weeks pass by and we got the invasion on Raw and SmackDown and little by little we started seeing a little bit more of a, a vocal point when it came to retribution and you know there was rumors that Dijak was involved and obviously he is involved after what we saw this past week on Monday Night Raw and um it's just a fucking weird story whatever they're trying to tell it, it makes no sense so this past week on Raw we got um kind of a reveal you know in a, in a weird way we kind of saw some faces a little bit we saw Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez Still wearing like kind of like a face mask, you know what people supposed to be wearing right now with this pandemic. They were wearing kind of like this face mask with some like weird like eye makeup or something. You know we saw Dijakovic, we saw Dio Madden, and we saw Shane Thorne. But man, did they have some like terrible gimmicks on? Dijak was wearing like this very watered down Bane looking mask with some weird contacts, and he shaved his fucking head and. And Dio Madden, he, you know, Dio Madden, I'll give him credit because he actually looked badass. The gimmick that he had on, it looked very like Predator or Jace. It, it kind of reminded me, what was that movie? Remember the town with Ben Affleck? Remember the mask that they were wearing when they were robbing the banks? It, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. So Dio Madden actually looked like a badass. And then you have Shane Thorne with like this terrible version of a Jason mask. It, it was just not a good look. I think Mia Yim got on the mic. And, it, and while I'm watching this on Monday Night Raw, I'm like, so... They expect us to think, completely forget what we watched in the NXT. And I know not everybody watches NXT, you know, because the WWE diehards, God forbid, you know, you say something that is like, makes sense or it's realistic, you know, they'll be like, well, Bubba. So Mia Yim is talking on the mic. I'm like, okay, it's Mia Yim. Announcers, not even acknowledging her. You see Mercedes Martinez lurk in the background. Clearly tell it's her. Nope, we're not going to acknowledge her either. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, are you, like, are you trying to play us? Like, we know who these women are. You know what I'm saying? They they actually both been, for those people that are going to try to defend this and say, like, oh, well, not everyone watches NXT. About a year ago, when NXT was, like, invading Raw and SmackDown during Survivor Series, Mercedes Martinez and Mia Yim, well, not Mercedes, I think Mercedes showed up at the Rumble, but Mia Yim was on SmackDown, I believe. So, like, I don't understand the 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 whole like illusion of us not knowing or acting like hey that's Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez I I honestly just don't get it so somehow with all this shenanigans they set up a match where we get the the three dudes from Retribution right Dio Madden Dijakovic and Shane Thorne versus the Herb Business which the Herb Business they're doing amazing things like we'll, we'll talk about the Herb Business a little bit but I just definitely want to kind of get rid of all the comedic shenanigans terrible crap when it comes to retribution so they set up this match when you watch the main event you know retribution looked like a bunch of jobbers like they didn't look like badasses at all but it's just not good it's not good at all and then we get the reveal of their actual names they're not even going by their their ring names they're going by like what is it t-boz t-bone t-bar you know that's for dijakovic and then you got shane thorne i think his name is slap dick slap jack Slap nuts, slap pepper jack, and then you got Dio Madden. You could have called him Dio. You could have called him Madden. But no, we're going to call him Mace. I'm not talking about the rapper either. <sighs> it's just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was telling this to someone earlier this week. I like, when they were talking about retribution and when they were coming up with this, and I know they're coming in, coming up with this week by week, I, I wish I could have been like a fly on the wall 
and know what kind of conversations and what kind of who thought of these names. You get what I'm saying? By the way, Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez, their name, The Reckoning and Retaliation. <sighs> Listen, guys, I don't want to be that, that wrestling fan that craps on the WWE because WWE does do good stuff. Like, I'm not going to be one of these guys that praises AEW all the time and shits on WWE. I'm not going to do that. But we got to call a spade a spade here. This whole retribution shit, it's just not working. Like, let's get rid of it. You know, let's let's not even put them back on TV. Give these people proper debuts. And, you know, you know how WWE tries to act like we, we, we're supposed to forget certain shit? Well, this is one of the things that we should forget. Let's let's forget about this whole retribution thing and let's move on. Give Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez proper debut. Let's give Dijakovic a proper debut. I, I don't know what you're going to do with Shane Thorne, but like Dio Madden, hey, you know, he looks like badass with the gimmick. Maybe you leave him with the gimmick and just call him Dio or Madden or, or whatever it is. And, you know, just kind of push him. Because it's just... This retribution shit is terrible. Now, what's not terrible is the Hurt Business. I love everything that the Hurt Business is doing right now. Let's kind of go, let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about MVP. How he was a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. And he kind of had like a weird match with Rey Mysterio, I believe the following night or like the week after or something like that. And then he was kind of like working as a backstage agent. And then he like signed a new deal to be like an on-air talent. And man, like in many ways, you could say he's like one of the highlights of Monday Night Raw, some of the stuff that he's doing, pairing up with Bobby Lashley. And then you throw in Shawn Benjamin. And now you got Cedric Alexander. You know, he's rejuvenated. He looks like a badass now. You know, the Hurt Business reminds me a lot of the Four Horsemen in a weird way. A little bit of evolution. They're just legit badasses. It's nothing like Nation of Domination. It's totally different. They kind of remind me of for for all my hip hop heads out there, they remind me of MMG, Maybach Music Group. You know, Rick Ross, McMill, Wale. That's what it reminds me of. Put the gold on them. You know, I, I don't know if MVP could get like another title run or something. Obviously, he can't get the United States Championship because you know Bobby Lashley has it. But even if you kind of have him like in a in a manager role where he does get physical from time to time. But, okay, you got Bobby Lashley, United States champion. Maybe if, you know, Shawn Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, put the tag titles on them. They they would be awesome together. You know, you got a vet. You got a young guy. I don't know, man. The Hurt Business is where it's at right now. You know, besides some of the Randy Orton stuff, I, you know, they're, they're definitely one of the highlights of Monday Night Raw. Speaking of Randy, you know, we're getting uh, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship at Clash of Champions. For the for the world championship, the WWE championship. By the way, I'm recording this on a Saturday, so if you guys are listening to this, like on a Sunday or Monday, listen. I'm not gonna really talk about Clash of Champions. I'm not gonna preview it. I'm just talking about certain topics here, so don't act like, well, this is like you know, kind of old news. Like, listen, shut the fuck up and just listen to the podcast, right? That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> Anyways, so it's kind of weird. While Drew and Randy had a really good match at SummerSlam, you know, with the involvement of Keith Lee and Keith Lee kind of being weird in a sense because we're not getting, like, NXT Keith Lee. We're getting, like, a different version of him. And, like, every week he's wearing, like, a different attire. It's just kind of it's kind of convoluted. This whole story is kind of convoluted. And as much as I like Drew, and he he's done the best he can with the WWE Championship, I'm not going to sit here and say that he was a horrible champion, because he, he wasn't, and he hasn't been. But it's time. It's time to put the title on Randy. You know, I think it's best for business to put that title on Randy. You know, Drew could 
become WWE champion. He's still a young guy. He can become WWE champion maybe sometime next year. I think it's time to to let um Randy rock with that title. You know, going into WrestleMania next year. You know, it, it's about that time. And no disrespect to Drew. I'm a big fan of Drew McIntyre. I do want to see him as WWE champion right now. And listen, he had a very he had a very hard deal right now. You know, the the cards that were dealt to him. You know, with the whole COVID thing and not having fans and and you know just this pandemic that we're in. He got a very unfair shot at this. When I say it's time to put the title on Randy, that's not taking anything away from Drew. Because I think Drew has been a good champion. But it's time to move forward. And I think Randy Orton is the right guy to, to take us into 2021. Speaking of Clash of Champions, and like I said, this is not a preview show. But one match I'm really, really excited about is this three-way ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. The undisputed Intercontinental Champion, Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles, man... These three guys could go. They don't even need the ladder match, but just the the fact that you're gonna have two IC championships hanging from the 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 little gimmick thing that holds the titles, you know, to climb that ladder. I think this is gonna be such a great match, and we're in for something. I think this could be the show stealer of Clash of Champions. And you know what's funny? I was watching Friday Night SmackDown, and when they hung the the three, I was gonna say three Intercontinental Championships, but the two IC Championships, when they were hanging them up, I'm looking at them, and I'm like, man, you know what? The design of the IC Championship, right? The current IC Championship, man, they would make hell of a tag titles. Like them as tag championships, with I think would be awesome, better than the shit that we have like now on Raw and SmackDown, because those are terrible designs. I'm not a fan of them at all, but. Current IC championship design, if you were to make them tag titles, I think they would be pretty, pretty dope. Just a thought, guys. Just a thought. Another thing that has been amazing, especially on the SmackDown brand, is just transitional Roman Reigns just being a badass like he rightfully should be. Think about it like this, people. We could have gotten this version of Roman Reigns that we're getting right now on WBTV years ago if Vince wouldn't just... Stop being so fucking hard-headed and making Roman Reigns that guy to take like Cena's throne. One of my favorite things right now about Roman Reigns is that everything that he's doing on the mic, his um reaction to things, his presence, his attitude, his swagger, just everything that he's doing right now is clicking and it's believable. Everything that we saw in the past with him just felt like he was reading a script it just didn't feel like that's roman reigns and one of my biggest things that i've always said about roman reigns is we like the guy joe you've heard him on podcasts before he's just a dude but the problem is wwe likes to give these talents these scripts that just doesn't seem like something a dude would say or a person would say and that's my biggest issue with the booking of Roman Reigns the last couple of years. Now, granted, when he came back after he defeated uh, Cancer once again, there was a, a, I will say there was a different um, reaction to Roman Reigns. I think a lot of people felt bad booing him, even if he was booked weirdly. But I would say that when he returned from beating Cancer, was it leukemia, if I'm not mistaken? When he did come back, I will say that they were very protective of Roman Reigns. So that, that was definitely a plus. This booking that we're getting right now with Roman Reigns, just his whole swagger, his attitude, the way he's carrying himself. And obviously, Paul Heyman's with him now. But Paul Heyman right now is with him, but not the way he's with Brock Lesnar. This is a different version of Paul Heyman. This is a more, what's the word I'm looking for? He's very secretive. He's not, 
he's not this outrageous spokesperson like he is with Brock Lesnar. He's a little bit more different. He's very careful on the words he says speaking on his client, Roman Reigns. Now, when it comes to this Roman Reigns, Jey Uso story they're telling, you know, if you guys watch Friday Night Smackdown this week, man, they, they sold a match, you know? And, and the fact that at the end of it, you saw kind of like Roman Reigns kind of, you know, sucker punch the shit out of Jey Uso. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just into this Roman Reigns. He's just a badass. If we had fans right now, I think they would be cheering for Roman. I, I don't see how you cannot cheer for Roman. Because he, he's, he's, he's fucking too cool for school. And it's believable. It's not, like he, it's not like he's playing a character. It's like he believes everything he's saying. And that's something we haven't seen from Roman Reigns ever. Ever. Not even in the days of the Shield. Because in the days of the Shield, we had Seth Rollins and John Moxley doing most of the talking. Roman Reigns would kind of be in the background a little bit. This Roman Reigns is the best for business. All right, guys, let's talk about COVID. <laughs> let's talk about the coronavirus. Because it's making an impact on not only the WWE, but AEW. Let's finish up with some WWE stuff. This past week on NXT, there were some changes. Obviously, you saw like a weird tag match with like different members of a tag team, you know, kind of joining forces. And then the winner of the tag match would face each other off to declare the number one contendership for the tag team championships. Well, that didn't just happen just because, hey, let's just throw a curveball in there and, you know, just make everything wacky and stuff, you know, because Fandango said that. No, it's because there's a coronavirus spread and some of the fucking members of the roster couldn't be there. So they had to call an audible. Yes, there's a coronavirus spread. There's a COVID spread on the Performance Center, on NXT. And WWE so fucking scared right now that now anybody that works for NXT or the trainees at the Performance Center can't show up at the almighty Thunderdome for Raw and SmackDown because they're scared of the spread. But interesting enough, going back to the Retribution bullshit, some of those Retribution members, right, that were extras, we're NXT trainees and NXT talent. So we the spread might already be at the Thunderdome. So it's been reported some unnamed NXT talent decided to throw like some party gimmick, right? And invited a whole bunch of trainees, NXT talent, WWE employees to this. Maybe other employees from other companies that we don't know about. You know, like Impact or AW, whatever. Apparently, nobody was wearing masks. This spread happened, and now it's not only affecting WWE, but it's also affecting AEW. But to wrap up on WWE stuff, I am excited for this Kyle Riley-Finn Balor match that we're going to get at NXT TakeOver 31. Kyle Riley defeated Kushida, Cameron Grimes, Timothy Thatcher, and Bronson Reed to become the number one contender for the NXT Championship to challenge Finn Balor NXT TakeOver 31. This match is really exciting to me. You know, for old school Kyle Riley fans, you know, that, that watch different product, you know, like a real wrestling fan should. <laughs> Remember his days in Ring of Honor, how while he's a, always been a great tag team wrestler, he's also been a great singles wrestler. One thing that I've loved about Kyle Riley in WWE NXT compared to his days in Ring of Honor and the Indies is we've seen character development with Kyle Riley. Back in the day in Ring of Honor, not saying that I wasn't a fan of his in-ring work because in, in ring he could go, but I always thought he was very vanilla. 
I didn't, I like this in-ring work, but I'm like, man, this guy's kind of boring. His promos are boring. I'm just, I can't connect with him when it comes to, like, a character level. But, man, WWE, that's one thing we got to praise WWE. When, when they're invested in someone or a stable or a tag team or a character or where they're just invested where they could bring that character out of a talent, they, they hit it. You know, they know what they're doing. And, you know, we could praise WWE for that. We could praise the Performance Center and all the coaches over there. Because, man, this guy, Kyle Riley, his character has come out in WWE NXT, which has been a great thing. And I think this match is going to be great between him and Finn Balor. I don't see Kyle Riley winning, but I could see him having, like, a, a, a showing, you know, like a breakout star moment for Kyle Riley. So I'm excited for this match. All right, guys, let's talk about AEW All Elite Wrestling. So we were scheduled to have this week a three-on-three tag match. We were going to have Lance Archer, the Murder Hawk, with Team Taz, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage versus the team of Jon Moxley, Darby, and new signee for AEW, Will Hobbs. Very big dude, man. This guy... He's young, man, but he, he's got something. He's definitely got something. You could definitely see a lot of potential with him, you know, once he develops his character and stuff. And he was going to get a showing here. He was going to get some shine here. That match didn't happen if you watch AEW Dynamite because COVID has spread in all elite wrestling. Maybe not as extreme as WWE, but, you know, we saw Lance Archer. He couldn't be on there. He's on the show, so he's going to be quarantined for two weeks, give or take. Brian Cage was missing also in action from Dynamite. A lot of people speculated that he also might have COVID, but it's not that. I think he had to get like some procedure done, so he wasn't feeling too good or something. Um, he missed like a workout day. I think he did like some posts like that. So um, he'll be fine, though. He'll be fine. He'll be making his return. I think he's actually doing a indie this weekend. I think Warrior Wrestling out in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. So, okay. So this tag match did not happen. But what we did get was a match that a lot of people, especially a lot of people that follow the indies and kind of know where John Moxley comes from and this person comes from. They, they wanted this match because, you know, they're both great talkers. And that's John Moxley defending his championship against Eddie Kingston. And if you've been watching AEW Dynamite, you've been seeing that Eddie Kingston has kind of been putting up a, a, a theory out there, kind of saying like, hey, I never necessarily got eliminated from this uh, Casino Battle Royale, so maybe I should be getting the one, the world title shot. And guess what? He got it this week on Dynamite. And while a lot of people criticize this match, saying like, oh, well, Eddie Kingston was a great talker, but man, this match was shit. Oh, he looks like this, and he looks like that. What's funny about the criticisms of Eddie Kingston is most of you that have something negative to say about Eddie Kingston would not say it to his face, because you know what would happen. That's the irony of this. Listen, Eddie Kingston's appearance, listen, he's not a jacked up dude, all right? He looks like a normal dude, and I think that's why a lot of people connect with him. He's kind of like Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens looks like a normal dude. He doesn't look like an in-shape guy. He just looks like a normal dude. That's why people, the fan base, connect with Kevin Owens. That's a lot that I see in Eddie Kingston. I could see the the comparisons between Eddie Kingston and Kevin Owens. Mind you, they're both great talkers. I think the only criticism I have on Eddie Kingston is maybe he just changed his attire a little bit. Like, he would kind of benefit if he went, like, with a Kevin Owens route. Like, if you want to wear, like, kind of, like, army SWAT pants that he's been wearing, but kind of wear, like, a shirt over it, kind of like uh, like Kevin Owens, he wears, like, a regular T-shirt, 
Like, if he was to wear something like that, I think he would look more like a badass. Because him wearing, like, in-ring, like, a singlet or whatever, it, it doesn't do him any favors. But at the end of the day, he could do whatever the fuck he wants. It's Eddie Kingston. This match, you know, a lot of people had criticism saying it was kind of sloppy. I didn't see it that way. I just saw two dudes that were legit brawling. That's what I saw. Two guys just beating the shit out of each other. Fucking John Moxley was selling. Like, he wasn't selling, like, to sell, like, hey, I'm putting this guy over. No, he was selling because this dude was in pain. While the match was impromptu, they, AEW had to pull an audible to get Kingston and Moxley. You know, somewhere down the line, even if it was non-title, like, if John Moxley isn't champion, I would like to see a John Moxley and Eddie Kingston program. You know, I think they have good chemistry with the, with each other. I might be in the minority in this because, you know, everybody was shitting on this match. I didn't see it that way. But I think they definitely have a chemistry there. And somewhere down the line, I wouldn't mind seeing them, um, you know, kind of go at it. All right, guys, give me a minute. Hashtag, it's beerski time. Not having a rebel right now. Having an adult beverage. All right, more on Dynamite. We got the in-ring debut of Miro. Rusev, Miro Day. We got him in a debut match. It was Miro and Kip Sabian, accompanied by Penelope Ford. Versus the new, new, new Midnight Express, Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. Listen, guys, this is another match that a lot of people were criticizing. They were saying it was sloppy. I didn't get it. This, this, and that. Was it sloppy? Absolutely. Listen, there, there's, there's nothing to try to defend here. It, it was kind of a sloppy match, you know. But the match served its purpose, and that's a good showcase for Miro. Miro looked dominant. I like the new fight shorts he has. It has very, like, an MMA-style S to him. He looks jacked to the gills. He looks great, you know. There's taking nothing away from Miro. You know, he's always looked great in the ring. But, man, uh, I think this was a great showing for Miro. Unfortunately, that he got a, a bit of an ankle injury. It's reported that he's okay. The match was what it was. At the end of the day, you got to ask yourself as a fan, were you entertained? If you were entertained, it doesn't matter how many botches or how sketchy or how sloppy the match looked. You know what I'm saying? I'm a fan of all four guys here. I'm a big fan of Miro. I'm a big fan of Joey Janela. I think Sonny Kiss has so much potential. And Kip Sabian, I think he has uh, much potential too. You know, once he finds his groove and find an identity to, to himself. You know, I, I still think he's kind of like in a transition period where he doesn't really know what he is yet. But he's a young dude, so he'll, he'll figure it out. You know, I think for what the match was, it served its purpose. And I think it was all right. You know, I, I'm not one of these people that's just going to shit on it because it was sloppy or whatever the case may be if i was entertained i was entertained what i will say is this was on a day where road warrior had passed right if i'm not mistaken the day we got dynamite was the same day that road warrior passed i would have liked to see like a doomsday device you know from either team here you know it's a tag match you're opening up the show come on let's get a tribute guys let's get a, a doomsday device i think that would have been like a, a a nice little you know wink and a nod and a tribute for Road Warrior Animal and the Road Warriors. That's what I would have liked. But we didn't get that. So that, that's my only criticism of the match. But other than that, I, I don't see what the big deal was. Uh, at the end of the day, Miro looked great. Another match we got at Dynamite was Brody Lee defending that TNT Championship against Orange Cassidy. Good match. I thought it was, uh, you know, served its purpose also. Nice little back and forth between both competitors, and Brody Lee ended up picking up the win and retaining that TNT Championship. 
But the big news coming out of this match, the return of Cody Rhodes. And we got a different look of Cody Rhodes. We got a vintage Cody Rhodes. We got a dashing Cody Rhodes. He went back to being a brunette and he took out, I believe, what was it, four and five from, um, or is it five and ten or nine and ten? I forget who it is from the Dark Order. But he took out two members of the Dark Order. Cody Rhodes looks great. And it looks like we're going to get, I think, some type of gimmick match between Cody Rhodes and Brody Lee. I think. It's a Doc Holler match, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong here. But uh, we're going to get another match. Listen, I don't know how they're going to do this. But if Cody Rhodes makes a return like that, I don't see him losing their match that they're going to get. What I'm kind of hoping for is Cody Rhodes says to Brody Lee, or maybe even Brody Lee says it, where he's like, you don't deserve a TNT championship shot or whatever. And then Cody's just like, fuck it. I don't want the title shot. I just want to beat the shit out of you. So I kind of hope we get that because I'm really digging Brody Lee as being TNT champion. And I don't want to see him drop the title back to Cody. I, I don't think that's the right move. I, I do want to see them have a match. But maybe they could finagle something where it's not titled. I think Cody needs a big win. But I also don't want Brody Lee to drop the title yet. So in Impact news. Yes, we're talking about Impact. Listen, Impact has a great product, right? If you guys are not watching, congratulations. You're playing yourself. Impact Wrestling, since this whole COVID pandemic started, they've been running shows with no fans at all. They don't even have their own talent at ringside. But for whatever reason, I don't know why, it's not even an issue for them. Like, the stories they're telling and the matches they're having, it doesn't even matter that they're not having not a reaction. I'm sure it's hard on the talent because they're not getting a reaction. I don't even think they need, like, talent at ringside or, or fans, you know, because we're living in this pandemic. Their product is so good. It, I think it's a very underrated product. That's how good the Impact product is. Going back to this Impact news that, that's been kind of, you know, going through the social webs the last couple of days is Ken Shamrock is going to get inducted to the Impact Hall of Fame. And he tweeted out to The Rock that he really wanted him to be the guy to induct him or like kind of do like a video gimmick for him. And The Rock responded. And it looks like we're going to see The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, on Impact TV or Impact Pay-Per-View or something. We're going to see The Rock and Impact. And a lot of people are making a big deal about this. While I think it's a great get for Impact to have The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, you know, most electrifying man in show business today. Like that for Impact. I'm happy for Impact. But I don't think it's that much of a big deal where everybody's losing their marbles and everybody's like, oh my god. It's The Rock. He's bigger than wrestling at this point. Go back to AEW. AEW has mentioned The Rock. Dasha Gonzalez being part of um, that Rock uh, TV show. I forget what's the name. It's called Titans, if I'm not mistaken. That it's a competition and shit. They mentioned The Rock on there. So while The Rock does remain loyal to WWE, The Rock is bigger than wrestling at this point. So if The Rock wants to induct Ken Shamrock in a video message or, or through video form, and they put it out on Impact Television, I don't see what's the what's the issue there and. And why not? I think it's it's great for Impact. It's a tremendous get for Impact. But also, I think sometimes us as wrestling fans, we should stop being such marks at everything and be like, oh my god, Louis, The Rock's going to be an Impact. It's The Fucking Rock. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. You know, he while he's loyal to WWE, he, not under any deal, he could do whatever the fuck he wants. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if... One day The Rock shows up in AEW. And I'm not saying in a wrestling standpoint. I'm just saying to promote something or whatever. 
it's The Rock. He's bigger than life at this point. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants. More on Impact Wrestling. The Good Brothers, Doc Gals, Carl Anderson. They were the guests on Talk is Jericho. Rocky Romero was also on the show. Doc Gallows revealed that Talk and Shop of Mania 2 is coming in November. And I'm super excited for this. If you guys haven't watched Talk and Shop of Mania 1, do yourself a favor. There's nothing else to watch. Just watch that show. There's so much jocularity in there. If you're into like dark humor, jackass jocularity, backyard wrestling, just those type of shenanigans. And, and listen, it's for wrestling fans. So a lot of the jokes only wrestling fans will get. But it's just so entertaining. Check out the first one. And order the second one. These guys, they wouldn't be doing this if they were still signed by the WWE. And they just seem so fucking happy. They're waving that impact flag. They're going to go back to New Japan at some point. I'm just so happy for these guys. So definitely uh, check out Talk and Shop of Mania. So an interesting rumor came out last week. Melina. Mm, Melina. Listen. Hey. hey, I, I like Melina. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Melina made the, the you know, the... I wouldn't even say tabloids. You know, she just made the dirt sheets, you know, for the wrestling world. That was reported by a very reliable source, PW Insider, that she was going to come back to the WWE. It made headlines. A lot of people, for the most part, were really excited about it. And then Melina went on her Facebook and she kind of denied these rumors, saying that, I'm not saying the door is closed for a WWE return, but, you know, as of right now, there's no return planned. And you have the question whether, is it a work? Um, is she just trying to work the audience so people could be surprised? Or is she being real here? Maybe PW Insider got some wrong information. Who knows? As a fan, as much as I love Melina, I just think it's kind of weird for her to return. You know, unless she's going to return as a trainer for like NXT or in the Performance Center or come at it as being a valet or something. Especially, you know, we've kind of seen the treatment that Mickey James has gotten. So it's like, you know, why is Melina any different? And I know some of the wrestling fan base is saying, like, why would you bring back Melina? She's, she has a bad reputation. You know, she's hard to work with. You know, to those people that have that opinion on Melina, I want you to understand that that was over 10 years ago at this point. You know, people could change. Sometimes we got to stop being stubborn and stop having that mindset just because someone's a shithead 10 years ago. You know, people can't change. It's not like she assaulted someone or... She did something fucking crazy, you know. She just kind of had a bad attitude backstage and rubbed people the wrong way. But, you know, she's grown up from that. I think everybody deserves a second chance. And if the WWE rumors are true, why not? Now, here's the question. What do you do with Melina? If I was WWE, Zelina Vega is not part of Andrade and um, Angel Garza. You know, she's not involved with them. And you take Zelina out. You put Molina in, and Molina now manages Angel Garza and Andrade. That's what I would do. Just me. Fantasy booking here. But I think they will be a perfect fit. So the G1 Climax is happening right now in New Japan. And some of you that follow our page, our you know, social media, Facebook and Instagram, noticed that we haven't really been posting stuff about the G1. And there's a reason behind that. And that reason is... While I am a big New Japan Pro Wrestling fan, and I have been keeping up to date with it. I just watched, I think, uh, I think it was like night three. I've gotten spoiled in the last couple of years. And let me explain how. I've gotten so used to Kevin Kelly doing the commentary for, you know, English commentary. We're not getting that live anymore, you know, on New Japan World, you know, due to the pandemic. Because Kevin Kelly can't be out there. 
So we got to wait like a day or two to, to get that English commentary and no disrespect to the Japanese commentary, but like I've gotten so spoiled in the last couple of years of getting like live English commentary. It's kind of hard to go back to, to, to Japanese commentary. So I am watching the G1. Jeff Cobb is having a great showing. Also, Will Ospreay is having a great showing. Man, Will Ospreay's attitude is just fucking next level at this point, man. He's... It's between him and Jay White. Those are the two dudes I'm looking at that I think are gonna win the G1. But uh, I'm we're watching it, guys. Don't don't think that you know because we we haven't really been posting much New Japan. It's not that we're not watching it. I I'm pr- personally watching it. It's just kind of watching it on delay. One thing about you know when it comes to like the wrestling social media community is you know when something happens, everybody posts online, right? And me personally. You know, because I run everything on social media. Me, personally, when I do posts, like, I give it, like, a time gap. If it's, like, a day-old news tidbit, I'm not going to post about it. If you're one of these guys, and, and this is a tip for people that, that are doing, like, wrestling media or whatever it is. You know, you have a time gap. So, if you're posting something that is trending and you're posting it two days later you're not going to get that much of a reaction because it's already old news as, as it is now kind of relating it back to new japan well like new japan not a lot of people are posting the results only some people are posting the results so i've been very very fortunate that i haven't really gotten spoiled with a lot of the results so even if i watch like day whatever like two days later i've been very fortunate i haven't run into like any spoilers or anything so i've been lucky in that front but yeah we're watching the g1 it's just i'm just kind of watching it on delay especially with work and stuff you know it, it maybe if there was like english commentary live i know like the last three nights of the g1 there is going to be english commentary live if there was like live every night i'd probably make more an emphasis to like watch it live you know i'll wake up at four in the morning i've done it before to watch new japan so i would do that in this case i i kind of i'm not saying that i don't make it a priority but i'm like checking in my new japan world app and seeing like okay is there english commentary for for night whatever and i'm like okay fine let me watch it so watching the g1 we're just not gonna react to it you know when the shit happens if that makes any sense all right guys that that's all i have to say you know for this solo jones 2 but i do want to make an announcement and the announcement is yours truly mr rated r will be at the collective gcw indianapolis i'm very excited for this there's gonna be so many fucking shows there you got shimmer there you have black label pro we're gonna get blood spore there, there's so many shows happening there just wear your mask, people. For all those people that are listening to this podcast and are going to the collective, just wear your mask. Anybody that's going to be out there, wear your mask. There is going to be social distancing involved. Just wear your mask, people. That you know, COVID's a real thing. I do think GCW and company are taking the right precautions to protect us and protect their talent. But we got to do our part too, and we got to wear a mask. And you know, if you don't know someone, you know, just kind of keep your distance, man. You don't want to. You don't got to be all up in my area. You know what I'm saying? But yes, your surely will be at the collective. That's about it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this Solo Jones episode. Listen, guys, um, we're all busy here. Sam has his own stuff going on. Leo's just a busy guy. 
I definitely wanted to record something because it's been two weeks. And I also wanted to thank all of you that actually wished me happy birthday this past week. Your boy turned 33. Yes, I know I don't look it. But <laughs> your boy turned 33. So thank you for everyone that wished me a happy birthday. I truly appreciate it. And yeah, that's about it. I hope all you guys are doing well. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hopefully, we will reunite like Voltron. And we'll be either in studio or, you know, kind of been doing the Zoom gimmick you know last couple episodes hopefully we'll get sam back on if not me and leo will carry the ford maybe we'll have a uh you know rotating third if you will if anybody's interested in to be like a rotating third or just being kind of like a guest on on the lucha outsider show you know give me a shout hit us hit us up on a dm and i'm not saying just any joe schmo could be on the show all right and i don't want people to get offended when i say that but we're not just gonna have anybody on the show all right there's gotta there's gotta be some guidelines here to you know, to be on the show. But, you know, if you want to be on the show and talk some wrestling with us, you know, just shoot me a DM. Um, that's about it, guys. That's all I have for today. So, for the old man Leo, for Sammy Suplex, I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Keep it Rated R. And stay too sweet. Goodbye! And good night, Ben! <laughs>